Welcome to the teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel South London. You can visit us at calvarychapelsouthlondon.org. Um, this is the last week on the theme of mission. Um, really kind of bringing things to a focus. It's definitely something that um, is a passion of mine personally and is very much at the heartbeat of us as a church. And this is the first time ever in our almost seven years that we've really kind of taken opportunity on a Sunday to kind of break down just our heart and our values and our vision for mission. And um, we're excited to do so, especially because of what God is leading us onto and the direction that God is leading us in and the potential that is resident here among us. There is such vast potential that has only so far just been slightly exposed. We've just seen a glimpse of it being realized. And um, hopefully by the end of the message today, you will be encouraged to recognize your potential, that you will be encouraged to recognize just how God could use you in very simple and straightforward ways with regards to mission. Um, we're going to take a look back at how God has worked in our lives and kind of bring the story up to date and look to the future and highlight some very important principles um, in, the, in the middle of that. And so let's just take our time to commit ourselves in this time to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord God and Heavenly Father, we do come before you now with thanksgiving, knowing that you are our God. Truly, as we sang today, Lord, we are yours. We are yours. We are yours, Lord. And what a wonderful privilege, uh, what a wonderful experience it is to be yours, Lord. To know that we are yours and to have that security and that assurance and how it shapes and molds us in its entirety. Yes, Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we just ask today that you would just continue to stimulate our hearts, continue to challenge us, continue to inform us, continue to strengthen us with regards to mission and that mission that you've called us to. Lord, we're few, but with you we are strong. We realize, Lord, that you've already been exceedingly gracious to us, Lord, in using us to have influence and impact on many lives. And Lord, our desire and our prayer is that you would be able to have full use of us without hindrance. That Lord, you'd be able to have full use of us. That Lord, not even we would get in your way. And so help us, Lord. Focus our thinking, we pray. Lead us and guide us in your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, now we've been talking about mission and we kind of talked in the first week, this is the third week, we talked about just, you know, how does it break down? What is it overall? 
And we talked about the fact that mission is, is relating and revealing the truth. Relating and revealing the truth. And um, that's what God's called us to do. To go out into the world and relate to those within our communities, those within society. To relate to people and reveal the truth of Jesus Christ. And we see at the beginning of Acts, Acts chapter 1, Luke the writer says, and this is a record of all that Jesus began to do and say. And we see that our revelation of truth is to be in works and words. Works and words. One not at the expense of the other, but working together, doing our good works before all men that they might glorify our Father in heaven. And so, we aim to relate and to reveal. But there's a question. Um, some years ago, I, w- I wonder if there's anyone who can remember the first, the first pair of Nike trainers that you can think of. Like, obviously, Mark asked earlier, how many people here are over 30? So we've got a few over 30s here, yeah? So I know that we're on the same page, yeah? What would be the first pair of Nike trainers that you can remember, if you even cared at the time? Man said Cortez. Let's go further back than Cortez. Bruin. I got any advances on Bruin? Vandals. Ooh, they're, they're, they're close. I, I, I know for me it was Bruin. Nike Bruin were like a, a revolutionary shoe in a sense. I mean, there were other, obviously other shoes at the time, but that was Nike's first introduction to the market. And Nike have become known for the just do it slogan. And it's often been coined even as a motivational phrase, just do it. And just thinking about that, I've just kind of appreciated the fact that, you know what, it's not just a matter of just doing it. But you know what, we we should aim to just do it right. Because we see many instances in scripture where people aim to do the right thing, but in the wrong way. There was a guy called um, Uzzah. Uzzah? He tried to steady the ark. And I mean, his intentions were right. He didn't want to see the glory of God diminished by the ark dropping and crashing to the floor. And he tried to steady the ark with his hand and he got killed. And you would think, oh Lord, come on. The brother's on your side. He's trying to look out for you. God don't need no help. (laughs) And he was trying to do the right thing in the wrong way. And so today I want us to consider the fact that, you know, we've got to do this. We're called to mission. We're not all evangelists, but we're all called to be witnesses. And as we'll consider, um, even from a corporate point of view, we're called to create opportunities to provide environments for people to engage with the Lord. And so let's consider how we can just do it right. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 40. I'd like to frame our thinking as we go through today. 
1 Corinthians 14, 40. Let all things be done decently and in order. Now, the Apostle Paul spoke of this with regards to um, ministry expressed in the context of the local church. So if you know anything about Corinthians, he was writing a corrective letter. And at this point in the text, he had just spent a few chapters talking about how they ought to rightly relate to one another and express ministry in the local context. And he concludes it with this summary statement, let all things be done decently and in order, which in my mind has a a relationship and a connection and a similarity to what God said to Moses when he told Moses to build the tabernacle. When God told Moses to build the tabernacle, he said to Moses, build it exactly as I tell you. Follow my instructions to the T, to the letter. And we see that sentiment communicated in the Old Testament with regards to the work of God. And again, we see this principle communicated here. 1 Corinthians 14, 40. Let all things be done decently and in order. And so, let's consider that as we consider corporately how God might use us to forward the work of mission amongst our families and communities and in the wider context of the world that we're called to. Now, a couple weeks ago, we kind of gave you a little bit of the history and um, just shared with you how the Lord has really kind of grown this work as a natural progression and byproduct of the music ministry that we were involved and engaged in for a number of years. And, um, you know, there weren't many people who were using rap as a, as a ministry tool. It was frowned upon. And yet the Lord led us in that way. And um, our emphasis was always on communicating the truth. And um, I wonder if we can just share a song with you to reinforce that fact. Um, You know what? We've never, ever tried to make a career out of being musicians. We've never, ever... (laughs) We've gone the other direction, isn't it? Those who know, laugh. That's okay. We've never ever tried to make a name for ourselves. We've never ever tried to um, even gain Christian celebrity status. I mean, we, we, we would never make it on X Factor or one of them shows. Even Britain's Got Talent. But even amongst Christians, how many know you have those Christian celebrities, right? And they're, they're kind of known amongst believers and They enjoy certain favor and so on. And I'm not even going to say that it wasn't a temptation. Um, I've been a Christian, brother. How long have you been a believer? I mean, I've been a Christian maybe 89, 21. I think I was 86. No, it was 84 for me. 84. So what's that now? 
26 years. Yeah. And so, 26 years. 26 years walking with the Lord. And um, in the whole of that time, the Lord has been faithful to sustain me by his grace and has helped me not to look to the left nor to the right. Um, I know same with Pastor Rob, same with Pastor P. And I know that in that, one of the things, if someone was to say to me, you know what, Ephraim, you've been a Christian 26 years, you've been running the race, keeping focused, seeking to do the will of the Lord, what is, if there was one thing that you would share as being the thing that has helped keep you on track, most of all, what would you suggest? I thought about that question. What would you reckon it might be? Any suggestions? Fellowship. Very important factor. Hugely. It's not the one, but it's hugely important. The word of God. Standardly. The word of God. You know, the word of God is spirit and life. Hebrews 4 says it is a as a two-edged sword. It is living and powerful. And even as we sang, be magnified today. I've made you too small in my sight. And just thinking about, Lord, when I look at where I'm at, Lord, have I diminished my appreciation of you? And diminished my appreciation of your word? Because truly, God's word is alive. And it has kept me alive. And it, it, it is the authority of God's word in my life above all things that God has used to help me to be standing here today in front of you. And 26 years down the road, God's word is still rocking me. I mean, I can't get enough of God's word. God's word is still dealing with me. Still messing me up. You know them times when you're just there and you get into the scriptures and then the Lord begins to speak to you. You hear a message and you're like, oh, Lord, that's me all over. I've had those situations where I switched on the radio in the car, listened to someone preaching a message that was recorded however long ago overseas. It's being played at this moment in time and it was like the brother was reading my mind. I don't know if you've ever had them experiences with the Lord. That's how God, that's how God works. His word is living, in power, living and powerful. And um, that's definitely been the establishment of my life and walk. We saying you got, you got check. Yeah, I got, I got sound. Amen. Um, it's funny. It, sometimes I think I, f I feel more nervous doing music now than teaching. Even I still feel nervous when I have to teach. But, um someone who probably feels more nervous than me is a sister who helped us actually do this tune um it was actually Farida Crystal but also Kay who sang um on the hook so I'm gonna ask her to grab a mic is she gonna now a part of the a part of the uh, in it a part of the chorus yeah it's like there's there's mad BVs on the track sis don't watch that 
Um, a part of the, the hook of this track says, from the front to the back flaps, the contents to the maps. It's, it's my main meal plus snacks. So I'm saying from the front of the Bible, right, from the contents to the back of the Bible to the maps. You know what I'm saying? Hey, bruv, hold on. Does the preface come before the contents? Because I know certain people don't read the preface, you know, ask, but you've got to learn about the history of the, the, the translation that you're reading. A lie. Yeah? A lie. <laughs> but we're saying that, you know what, and everything in between, including that, everything in between particularly is beneficial to us, is going to nourish us. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 says what? Anybody? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall men live. You know what I'm saying? And so we esteem God's word above our necessary food. Who said that? Job. And that's what we do. God has exalted his word above his name, said David. So we need to have God's word in such high esteem also. Amen. Amen. Uh, make sure you turn up them bass that we fixed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can you, can, you hear, can you hear our mics clearly? Yeah, that's always important. All right, let's try this again. Check. One, two. Yeah. One. There's, no, there's only a little vocal in the monitor, fellas. Check it. We bring it rugged. Trust me. Just like the cross that Christ hung on. Securing forgiveness he clung on. Hot like flames. Tough like stains in your oven. And we're hard to remove. Real stubborn. <laughs> Calvary Chapel. London styles are real southern. And we got crack troops by the dozen. God said, pilgrim, you're a you. I'm gonna summon and step in your life and start govern. Alleviating your fear. I'll be making it clear that you can trust. I will take it from here. So... MOD stands strong like Duracell, remain long. Ten years still singing the same song. I took a minute to flex on the joint. Christ means to anoint, but getting back to the point. The Bible changed my behavior. It's packed full of flavor. Yeah, it's a taste I still savor. Lord Jesus, your word still rocking me. Yeah, your word is food I get ferocious like an animal. Lord Jesus, your word still rocking me. Like me, I'll yam it like a cannibal. Lord Jesus, your word still rocking me. Like the juice from fruits. From the front to the back, flaps the contents to the maps. It's my main meal plus snacks. I don't need to blaze weed or sip Hennessy. Oh Lord, your word is still rocking me. Yeah, it's got me so like Stephen. Like Moses, I take your word like two tablets. Like Ezekiel, I swallow the whole road. Like Jeremiah, your word's fire blazing in my bones. Foundation of my home. On your word, I stand firm in the storm like a rock stone. Oh, it brats me up like a hammer. Makes the mockers them stammer. Freeze man's them in the slammer. From my Youth till now, I've had my hand on the plow, your word in my mouth, my, my heart ain't never had a doubt. Sola scriptura, I'm ambidextrous with your word, just like, like a borer. Bora. For richer, for poorer, yeah. I blaze a fire with your word like Sodom and Gomorrah. Lord Jesus, your word still rocking me. Yeah, your word is fruit, I get ferocious like an animal. Lord Jesus, can you your hear word us? Still rocking me. Like me, I'll yam it like a cannibal. Lord Jesus, yeah. Turn down the monitors a bit, fellas. Turn down the monitors a bit. On the front to the back, flaps the contents to the back. It's my main meal plus snacks. Lord, you make my heart burn like Cleopas. Walking down the road, you meet either three of us. Wait, let me switch my phone off. This is a better word. You speak things that I never heard. Lord, unzip my mind like pockets. Moses through the prophets, your high priestly office. I know I said I'd never leave for no reason, but John 6 had me confused for a season. Lord, listen to the things you suggest. Drink your blood and eat your flesh. But that's crazy. Yeah, now I realize you ain't playing. I'm still a bane, but Lord God, that's a hard saying. Now I see that you went to great lengths. You paid the expense. Now the whole thing makes sense. God's people, if you ain't gonna die, raise your hands to the sky. And if you can't tell me why, Lord Jesus. 
God's word, living and powerful. Regardless of the format or the packaging, <laughs> God's word works. <laughs> and as we went throughout the years and we got to the point where about seven years ago we were praying about just the Lord doing more, um, we realized that we were inundated with opportunity and there was need greater than we could even consider to say we're going to meet ourselves. And so we sat down with Pastor Brian and we said, look, you know what? This is what's on our heart. And um, we want to get a team of people. We want to develop a team for evangelism and just doing constant mission. Um, we'd, we'd been doing the, the Friday night Bible studies and so on. And we were always committed not just to make converts, but disciples. And so there was a sense in which, you know, people needed more than just the message of saving grace, but they needed to grow in grace. And so he looked at everything that we said and he said, you guys need to start a church. Because that's what you're talking about right there. That's just, and we had never thought of it like that. We weren't trying to think of it like that. And we weren't trying to hear that either. And yet we wrestled with the Lord and the Lord won. <laughs> and um, we're here. And as we've seen Calvary Chapel South London grow, we've seen God's purpose be fulfilled just as he, as he intended. And we formulated Urban Mission um, which really is, Urban Mission is, is, if you like, it's an umbrella ministry. Really it has become a ministry of ministries. And really, again, that's what church is. All of us are called ministers of reconciliation. All of us. We're all ministers of reconciliation. Bringing the fragrance of Christ to those who don't know. And with that, some have got a specific call and purpose with regards to mission and again many of us it's just a case that we're, we're witnesses and when we consider the different aspects many people are familiar with the God Corner um, that started like 14 I think this year will be 15 years ago when we first got into music ministry we set up with two little tin pan box like like the ones at the back there on the, just it was those two boxes and me and Pastor Rob, back to back all day for two days. And yet we knew it was a ministry opportunity that the Lord had afforded. And it is what it is today. Um, with that, His Majesty's sound system. Big ship sailing on the ocean. <laughs> if you don't know, you will do. His Majesty's sound system is a, a reggae sound system ministry that is reaching out to those who are 
particularly affected and influenced by reggae culture, of which in this country, that's, that's a good amount of people. And um, the Lord has used them also. It's not just the equipment. A lot of people hear sound system and they think PA system, boxes. But it's, it's the, the, the ministry motivation um, and the guys and the team that are there um, serving in that ministry. And it's meant reinforcement for any kind of outreach that we do. So family day, we don't have to go to hire shops and get messed about anymore. You don't know the dramas that we've had in the past. The Lord has facilitated our needs where we can have the boxes that we need, that we like, that we enjoy, and have it at our disposal to do ministry. And it's, it's a huge infrastructure at our disposal. And I just want to highlight that. It's a huge infrastructure at our disposal. And it's for us to consider how are we going to best able you to utilize what the Lord has provided in that regard. Um, Urban Mission Radio. Who can tell me when Urban Mission Radio is broadcast? Somebody clearly just put your hand up and tell me. Somebody needs to know this. Can somebody tell me? Bertram. Saturday mornings. On Calvary Chapel Radio. What, anyone helping with the times? No, Frida, come sister Frida. Quick, 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 quick. Just come on to interview you, quick, quick, quick. Come on, people got to know what the Lord's doing among us. All right. Um, this is sister Frida, who is the producer and presenter of Urban Mission Radio. And um, what name do you present under sis? Remedy 316. Remedy 316. Look, look that up on Facebook, yeah? And sis, when does the show go out? Nine o'clock in the morning and at night on Saturdays. So. so nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and also nine o'clock. It's repeated nine o'clock in the evening. And um, how long is the show? It's a two-hour segment. Uh, next week is going to be a HMSS special. And in a week after, we're going to have an ex-abortionist. She had two abortions. She's going to be talking on the show about her testimony. All right. Now, uh, no, don't go nowhere. Now, listen. One of the huge blessings about this show is, is that this show is that it's not just about music there's real ministry going on so i'm going to come back to the ex-abortionist but um who have you had by way of interviews on the show well we've had hasakim we've had shailin we had ambassador back in the day um yeah Oh, Sammy G, something happened to interview. Where are you, bruv? Oh, he's not here today. Something happened to his interview. It didn't get to air, but yeah, we did interview him too. And I know that you also had um, Sammy Tanago, the Ministry to Muslims, and Ken Ham from Answers in Genesis. Yeah. What made you go um, and interview those guys for the um, Urban Mission Radio? Well, um, Sammy Tanago is heavy because he kind of uses the Quran to prove the gospel and he just takes surahs from in there and just proves the gospel so that you can't argue against the Quran if you're a Muslim innit? Um, and Ken Ham he's heavy he's um, a creationist and he's built a creation museum it's like acres and acres it's out in Cincinnati somewhere so yeah he was coming on he was just challenging anything an evolutionist could say he had an answer to so we had questions from listeners uh, that were posted on a Facebook and we just used that so yeah Amen thank you sis <clears throat> It's a weekly show. And sister needs help. She's producing the show, presenting the show, hooking up the interviews, and she needs help. 
And I mean, tremendous interviews, being able to speak to some artists and find out, okay, let's find out about the people behind the music. But also being able to bring in other aspects of the Christian life by way of being a witness. And so you got, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have seen the ex-abortionist um, video with p4cm.com. That's, that's family back in the States in LA, P4CM, Passion for Christ movement. And if you haven't, look it up on YouTube. P, the number four, cm.com. Um, look it up on, on, on their website or on YouTube. It is absolutely moving. I mean, hugely powerful. You see, it says, I'm telling you, I, I sat there with a, a lump in my throat watching this. And um, just to know that you're going to be able to interview her on the show, I know it's going to be a, a tremendous blessing. And so this is, again, I mean, radio airtime. It's on Calvary Chapel Radio. It goes on the internet, but it's also on Sky. And the Lord has provided this opportunity. You know how many people would cut off arms and legs to try and get that kind of airtime on Sky? But the Lord has provided for us. And one of the things that ought to really resonate with our hearts today as we see what God is doing among us and we think about the potential to whom much is given, much is required. And we're so aware of that and we carry the weight of that thinking, Lord, this is crazy. What you're doing? What are we going to do? And all we can do is look to the Lord. But we realize that our desire and our aim is that we would have a shared sense of ownership that these opportunities and these resources that the Lord has provided are ours. Because we're one people. We're uniting together, shoulder to shoulder. Sword in one hand, trowel in the other. Building and fighting. Saying we're going to do the work of mission. Um, I can't even highlight it. Any more too hard. Urban Mission TV. YouTube.com slash Urban Mission TV. Um, there's so much footage on there of just what the Lord's done. Um, and it was out of Urban Mission TV that Shabazz started Uprise on OTV. And we have, obviously, um, Shabazz is um, the producer there. And we have a great relationship with OTV. And again, it's just more and more opportunity. Um, family Day. <laughs> well, we're all familiar with Family Day. And then there's Urban Mission Schools and Community. And... Um, I'm just going to highlight that one as I move on quickly with regards to just what the Lord has been doing with us. Um, it's been about, we've been going into schools for years. It's been about six or seven years that we took up post in Lewisham and in a school that was facing closure. It was six months from closure. Ofsted, they'd, they'd been in special measures for 11 years and Ofsted had basically kind of give, read their last rights. They, they were finished unless they turned around. And they'd put in a, a, a team to try and turn the school around. And that team contracted us to come in um, virtually full time. And they put us on the school timetable using arts and particularly music as a mentoring tool to help adjust aspirations and attitudes of young people. And in a school where the youths weren't interested, bunking was just standard, you know, missing school, um, fights, everything, they were like, as you can imagine, they were over the cliff edge. And um, the Lord used us to contribute significantly to the recovery of that school to the point where they came out of special measures and they um, 
got made academy status. And so this is just a brief insight. Amen. Industries where you know there's a lot of pomp and ceremony, there's a lot of glory to be had. Um, but rather than using the music for that purpose, we thought why not use it as a tool, especially being with hip hop and rap, to communicate a message. Lady like us filled your cup and you ain't never stuck for a buck. You're not stopping at the top, you're too hot. Everything is you when you feel you can never flop. At the age of three months old, my mother left me with my grandmother, never to be seen again. My grand brought me up. Being elderly, she had some periods of ill health, and so I went into foster care. I just kind of lived the life of like the deprived child, you know what I mean? Which ain't really uncommon these days. Urban mission. What is it all about? You guys remember the twins last week? Look at them. And those of you that do not know, Urban Mission is mainly a collective group of artists. Word up, black, we burn up tracks, and some thought that we still rock sandals and turn up slacks. Better feel it when the kick drops. This is hip hop. Now some will hate it, and some will say that the kids hot. One half of me is not what you deserve, or what you're worth in my All the young people in this video are young people from projects in the schools that we work with. They talked to us on really other, our level. They knew where we was coming from, and that's when I really thought about my education. And now uh, I've realised ever since I've been come come, I've really stopped monkeying.
in New Cross, which is Blue Bar. I go to school in Peckham, which is Green Bar. I move and survive in both places because I'm lucky. It's about the postcodes. Every mission has been quite good because before they came, like, I didn't know how to write bars. Why is there war? Everyday guys getting killed in war. There's too much war. I see guys on the roads are getting bored. I to record in the studio. Yeah, I've done a lot of performances. They've hooked it up, like XLP, some school shows. And that's done one the last like last month was quite good. Lord, everybody wants to roll and roar. The trap that should open the door and then walk through and realize the sky is no dark is blue. There's guys out there with no love for you. They're stuck to the violence, just like glue. Peace, peace, togetherness. togetherness. Love, unity, justice. What I think peace is is like there's no war, everyone's just love. Peace now. That's what everyone needs to get me. The fine, that's not right. Consideration for other people's opinions, consideration for other people's um, beliefs. To get peace, you need to show everyone needs to treat each other the same and show each other the same amount of respect. Let it shine, fine, get the bomb blowing. Don't watch the current, it will last, but you're still growing. Listen to instructions, don't be stopping. Sparkle like a star, and your life will be sweet like muffin. After being in the seminar, what have you? What is there any groups that have stood out to you so far? I mean, of course, uh, uh, the, the the crew from Urban Mission. You know, they do amazing work. You know, so have you been impressed with some of the presentations that I you've certainly seen? Certainly have. I mean, there were some um, young people that were performing in the um, in the break. Very good. But hearing um, some really good inspiration from like, Urban Mission uh, about how they've uh, worked with Bieber and use social networking. So you know, I've very always been inspired and grown up on hip hop music and the various fusions that it's got around it. And one of the things we need to have a balance of is that, yes, we're always going to have a certain amount of music that may talk about lifestyle and what you have or may not have, but also we need messages that are real about educating young people. So we saw some really excellent examples of the Urban Mission young people um, explaining to us what bothers them, music, harnessing music. Now that's um, a snapshot of the work that the Lord has been doing over the years. Based on the principles I've been talking about for the last two weeks, being salt and light. Now, I can't remember what day was it, Wednesday? Was it Tuesday? I heard about a young guy that got stabbed on Sydenham High Road, the end of Pastor Roberts Road virtually. He got stabbed so hard that when they stabbed him, the blade broke off in him. It was a samurai sword. And his mum, I mean, it must have been right near to where he lived because I read that his mum came out to the scene and held her dying son in her arms. This is in our neighborhood. We don't have to be like looking far and wide to try and find need to meet. 
Some of our young people know the boy that got killed. They probably even know the boys that done it. What are we supposed to do? Walk around as if it's not our problem. It's so imperative that we build bridges and create opportunities to share the gospel. Because ultimately, no amount of positive messaging is going to change lives for eternity's sake. It's only the message of Christ. It's only the message of cross, ultimately. But we've got to take them on that journey and walk them in that direction. And um, we thank God because we've seen through. Um, we, you see, we talked about that last week. So that's a snapshot. The, the last couple music videos were videos that we made with the young people using the resources that the Lord has provided for us and recording them in the studio and filming them and editing the video. And we had an opportunity to um, work with a company called Bebo who um, were quite a major player in social networking, kind of like a MySpace for those who are unfamiliar. Um, and the Lord divinely and sovereignly Pastor Rob's car broke down and he had to go to a, a, a car hire place. And it was through that experience that he met the head of the global head of music for Bebo. And then they basically invited us to come up to their offices, talk about what we do and to form a partnership and work together to try and help do something constructive for young people. And um, from that, A project called Making Moves was developed, which is a home office initiative. So at the end of the video, you saw some officials there speaking, some of them from the home office, the head of the violent crime unit at the home office, and um, head of Rock Corps, the volunteering organization. We had an opportunity to help facilitate a presentation to those people. And we had some of our young people, um, including Jordan and Courtney, who actually absolutely... <laughs> They actually smashed it on that occasion. They'd done a little role play. They'd done a little sketch. And um, we got too much video to get edited and so you guys can see. But it had such a great impact on those guys that um, we were able to go into a partnership with the Home Office and deliver this project making moves. And we worked in two schools. See the details. Sorry, I'm killing you with the sound. Um, you can see the details of that on the website, bebo.com slash I'm making moves. And the, basically the home office were looking at ways of engaging young people and trying to stop the fallout of young people in secondary schools going into violent crime. And um, so we're, we're like small fish. We're talking about the home office. We're talking about an international company Bebo and then Urban Mission and they were looking at us to say what can you do and so we ran the, the project which ran over the course of in total probably about three months in terms of delivery we went and done some assemblies then we recruited some young people and then we put on an, an event 
with the young people <clears throat> to an audience, a wider audience at the, our Ministry of Sound. And it was all funded and we got st the opportunity to do something hugely constructive um, with these young people at the government's expense. So we ain't never going to complain about that. Um, and so you can go to that website to see the details. Okay. So that's kind of like the history. And my focus is, this is kind of where we come from. Where we are right now, we realize that we're at a turning point. We realize that we're at a transition. We realize that God has brought other people into the picture. We realize that for ourselves as pastors, we need to be able to give ourselves more to the word and prayer. We recognize that's, that's our priority because that's our primary calling. And yet the, the area of mission can't be left undone. And so we're asking God to give us the grace and the wisdom and the strength to be able to galvanize a team. Now, various people at various points in time have, have been employed by Urban Mission. And we've been encouraged and excited by that, that God has provided opportunity for his people to be engaging in his work at someone else's expense. That's just like, what a blessing. And yet, how do we take things forward? Let all things be done decently and in order. Decency is not defined by what socially is classed as decency, but by biblical standards. This was Paul had laid it out in 1 Corinthians 12 to 14. This is how you behave when you get together. These are the principles that you observe according to the word of the Lord. And that became the definition of what's decent. Now we realize that God has blessed us at Calvary Chapel, South London. Abundantly so. We have... <laughs> now, think about this. We have more artists, and I'm just going to focus on artists for a, a few moments. We have more artists in fellowship with us here at Calvary Chapel, South London then a lot of churches in London have for their entire congregation. We have more artists in fellowship with us. This is just artists. Than many churches have in their entire congregation. Now we can't ignore that. We're not trying to be no artsy church. We ain't been trying to be the hip hop church. I mean, we could have been up here every week doing songs and blah, 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 blah. But that's not how you build the church. That's not the focus of the ministry. And yet, on the other hand, we realize to some extent, we've kind of gone a little bit the other way with regards to actually recognizing and appreciating what God has endowed us with as a fellowship. And so these are just some of the people And yet the word says, let all things be done decently and in order. Let's just turn your Bibles, if you will, to First Chronicles 25. Let's have a glimpse at Old Testament order. Considering music ministry in particular.
Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read through because one of the things that this chapter highlights is the value, the importance, and the committed attitude in which they viewed music ministry in the Old Testament. Moreover, David and the captains of the army separated for the service some of the sons of Asaph, of Heman, and of Jedathan, who should prophesy with harps, stringed instruments, and cymbals. And the number of the skilled men performing their service was of the sons of Asaph, Zakur, Joseph, Nethaniah, and Asherah. Yeah. The sons of Asaph were under the direction of Asaph, who prophesied according to the order of the king. Verse 3. Of Jedathan, skipping names, six under the direction of their father, Jedathan, who prophesied with a harp to give thanks and praise to the Lord. Of Heman, skipping names, verse 5. All these were the sons of Heman, the king's seer, in the words of God. To exalt his horn. For God gave Heman 14 sons and three daughters. All these were under the direction of their father for the music in the house of the Lord. With cymbals, stringed instruments and harps. For the service of the house of God. Asaph, Jedathan and Heman were under the authority of the king. So right there, initially, we already see structure. We see a, a, a clear sense of calling and identification set apart. It gets deeper. So the number of them with their brethren who were instructed in the songs of the Lord, all who were skillful was 288. And they cast lots for their duty. So now they're structuring their duties. Out of these 288 people, how are they going to organize themselves to serve in the use of music? So they cast lots for their duty. The small as well as the great the teacher with the student. And then it goes on to tell you that ultimately there were 24 teams. And they organized a schedule of 24 teams. And so we see structure, we see order, we see commitment, we see authority. We see all of that right there in the text. This was in the Old Testament. And so how do we do it right? Because there's somewhat, if, if you didn't know, there's somewhat of a crisis with regards to music ministry and its place in the life of the church. It's somewhat at crisis point because there's some huge loopholes that people are falling between and getting hurt. And not just getting hurt, but causing the name of the Lord to be brought into disrepute. Some of us may be familiar with some of those who are involved in rap ministry who have in recent times had to walk away from the mic. They've been sat down because of committing adultery. There have been those who have been involved in criminal activity. There have been, there have been so many different things going on in music ministry. And as people who have come out of music ministry were like, you know what? This is not a good situation. Look what's lacking. Support, 
but also accountability. Accountability. And one of the things we highlight as we begin to recognize that the Lord has blessed us. There's at least, I mean, there's over 30 artists, over 30 artists among us. And we're saying, okay, to whom much is given, much is required. What are we going to do? One of the things that's absolutely necessary is the need for accountability based on a biblical framework. First Corinthians 12 says this. Now God has set, that word is, is composed in the original Greek. The members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. So we see some kind of order with regards to institutional gifts. You don't see music mentioned there, but we can see that it would fit quite comfortably in the ministry of helps. It helps the word to get communicated. It helps us as God's people to praise him. Romans 12. Exhortation. He who exhorts, encourages in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. So again, when we're looking at spiritual gifting and enabling, we see quite firmly that music can be an encouragement to our souls. So there's a place within the New Testament framework. Evangelism. Again, it fits the New Testament picture in our day and age in that regard. So we see that artistry is able to be embraced and recognized and supported as a valid expression of ministry. It does fit a biblical framework, helps, encouragement, evangelism. And yet we recognize that there needs to be, on the part of leadership, a willingness to provide that support and that recognition. But also there needs to be the willingness on the part of the artist to be accountable. And to be accountable to the local church in particular. And I feel that in many of the recent issues that have arisen and many of the recent incidents that have happened, there's been a lack of ministry principle applied to those who are involved in music ministry that has just furthered the problem. It has caused the problem to be exacerbated and made worse. And so, yes, <clears throat> artistry is such that it is a valid expression of ministry. But we're saying, look, we, we've been praying and we've been in council and we've been talking and we've been reasoning with the Lord and reasoning with others in ministry and saying, Lord, how do we administrate and support and Hold accountable those that you've called to ministry in that regard. Because when you're out there on the front lines, it's hazardous. You become conspicuous. You, you, you become affected on the enemy's radar. 
And we recognize that, you know what, the local church, you know, Paul had a local church. The apostle Paul had a local church. Antioch, he went around on missionary trips, but Antioch was his base of operation. They were the people that he was in relationship with, that he was knitted with, to whom he had a certain amount of accountability. As with the other apostles, Acts 15, you see him consulting with the other apostles. There is no one in music ministry or any kind of ministry who should be out there doing their thing as lone rangers. Riding on Tonto, through the desert, into the sunset, on their own. No, that's, it should not be the case. And we're saying, look, if you're here and you're in music ministry, you know what, we've got your back. There are a lot of churches where they don't even recognize and want to appreciate it as a valid expression of ministry. But at the same time, we're looking to take things to another level. In Genesis 14, verse 14, we see such a beautiful picture. Abraham goes to rescue his nephew, Lot. Sodom and Gomorrah had been taken um, in a battle and all of the spoils and the people had been taken. Lot had been taken into captivity. Abraham's rushing to rescue him. And who does he call? He calls 318 of his trained servants. They were household servants. And they went and achieved in battle what other kings couldn't do. They knew how to serve in the house, but they also knew how to fight in the field. And that's our heart. It's like, you know what? Don't come and say, yeah, you're out there and you've got big ministry and people know your name. and rah, 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 rah. We're like, oh, yeah, praise God, man. Amen. And we need some help, you know, in children's church and blah, 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 blah. Because all of us need grounding. And we get, we get inflated egos. We get gassed up and we lose our minds. And so we're saying, look, you know what? Home is the place where we don't know you by your stage name, quote unquote. We don't, of course we call each other by our names or whatever. That's, that's not what I mean. That ain't what you're known for around here. Your family. And together we sit down as family. We take care of family business and we talk to each other as family. And if, if it's a time where I need to step to you and say, bruv, how's it going? Um, how's your purity these days? Been in, been in any situations that you felt compromised? Don't think that a brother's going to be saying that to you because he's trying to catch you out. We're trying to help save your life. It's because we care. And so, in time to come, as we seek to develop in an organized fashion, it says, let everything be done decently and in order. As we seek to develop in an orderly and organized fashion, outgoing ministry, not just of an artistic nature, we're seeking to do so in a way that will be pleasing to God, that would be biblically faithful and would be helpful for our souls. Okay. Let's close by looking to the future. We recognize that, again, we're at this turning point, we're at this transition. And we realize that there's more to missional ministry here at South London than just music. It has been a central part, you look at God Corner and so on and so forth, but it's not the be all and end all. 
And we've definitely not wanted to make it the be all and end all of church life. And as we consider how that can grow and continue, we're also thinking about other areas. Other areas. What I'd like to do as we prepare to close is to ask you, where are you at? Where are you at? Because God has a purpose for you here among us. As we saw in 1 Corinthians 12, God has composed this local body as he pleases. And if you're a part, and this is what the whole membership thing is like, you know what, just stand up and be counted. We've got, we got a job to do. We've got work. There's work to be done. So let's identify ourselves. You know, Gideon separated the wheat from the chaff, as it were, by identifying those who were suitably committed. And so we're saying, where are you at and how might the Lord use you? Our highest calling in life is to do the will of God. That job that you're working is going to make no difference in eternity. That course that you're studying is likely to have zero relevance when you step into the eternal kingdom and you think back on your past. And these are the things that we put before kingdom business. But it should not be so. So where are you at? Someone once said, only what you do for Jesus Christ will last. So where are you at? I would like you, if you would, to put your hand up if you work in education in any capacity. Teacher, um, primary, secondary, learning support assistant, mentor, nursery. If you work in education in any capacity, hand up high if you would. All right, look around, look around. That's almost a quarter, I would suggest. All right, put your hand up if you would, if you work in health in any capacity. You work in health in any capacity. Okay. Um, I mean, I could have extended the list on and on and on. Media, there's people, there's law, there's housing. Anyone in housing? They're not here today. So, so what, did you put your hand up? It's law and it's housing. But it's housing law. <laughs> Amen. If we're taking the principle of doing good works, being salty, helping to prevent decay, if we're taking that principle and saying, what has God put in our hands? There's no reason why we shouldn't have our own nursery serving the needs of the community. Why we wouldn't have, you know, mother and baby groups serving the community. Why we couldn't even have our own academy of learning 
where we're working with young people and helping them to develop and grow. There's no reason why we can't have our own health visitors. I mean, the list goes on and on and on as to ways in which we could practically and substantially make an impact within the community and demonstrate the love of God and develop inroads for the gospel. This is what it's been all about. And so consider this. There's a need for prayer. This is where we've come to. We've kind of scaled everything back. We're just running a a, kind of basic level as far as mission work is concerned at the moment. Because we realize that the primary objective right now is prayer. Let's get together and begin to pray into these things. Let's get together. Let's join arms and hearts and begin to pray and see how the Lord would inspire us. Because there is nothing impossible with God. You see us standing up with home office, head of violent crime. We didn't do that. The Lord done it. And there is nothing impossible with God. We went from being a finger as just a group doing music, trying to poke the devil in the eye, to the last few years as Urban Mission being like a hand. Maybe we can give him a slap. But we're taking this, saying, look, let's take this to the next level. Let's ball up and make a fist. And let's knock him out. We can do this. And we need to pray and begin to look at where does the potential exist. And as we go through the membership process, we're going we to have to ask you to put up your hand. Because we're going to know who's working in education and who's working in health and blah, blah, blah. And we can begin to rally the troops. And we can begin to talk to local government and central government and schools and health. And we can talk to whoever we begin to talk to and begin to represent ourselves credibly. As the Lord has helped us to do up to this point. And put forward some serious plans. And so we need to investigate that potential and then identify some priorities so that we can begin to plan according to the will of God. And so that concludes our considerations on mission. And it kind of leaves us in the point of being on somewhat of a cliffhanger because what happens from this point forward very much depends on you. It very much depends on you because it ain't about Pastor Rob, Pastor Ephraim, Pastor P. It's not about us. And so we're saying this, this, is, this is a rallying cry. Rally the troops. Sound the alarm. Blow the bugle. Let's join forces. Let's focus our efforts. And do mission. Relating and revealing Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord God and Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for the fact that you have called us to mission. You've equipped us for mission. You've gone before us in mission. And you've said that you will always be with us unto the ends of the earth in mission. It is entirely about you, for you, by you. And we simply have the pleasure of playing a part. And so, Lord, we pray that you would inspire our hearts. That, Lord, you would challenge us. That, Lord, you would 
equip us, that you would strengthen us, that Lord, you would inspire us, Lord, that you would inspire us, that you would strengthen our faith, Lord, that we would, we would be strong and of good courage, Lord, that we would not grow faint or weary, Lord, in well-doing, but that, Lord, we would pursue you and pursue your will and pursue the outworking of your kingdom values. Help us, Lord, I pray. Because truly, yeah, Lord, we're small, but we're strong in you. And by your grace. Have your way, Lord, we pray. And use us to see, see multitudes, Lord, come into your kingdom and be influenced and impacted for eternity's sake. Use us, Lord, we pray. For your name's sake.